Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. This is the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase, and this week we are all in space. The best sort of electricity that we generate is renewable or green energy. The sun will certainly be around for several billion years more, and so solar power is definitely renewable. And where does the sun shine 100% all of the time? In space. So now NASA scientists are researching into ways that solar power collection stations could be placed in Earth's orbit and then the solar energy beamed back down to Earth. The idea has been around for many years, but scientists believe that the technology could actually be developed to really make it happen. A series of solar panels would be launched into orbit and linked together. They would collect the solar power into one receptor, which would then convert it into low-intensity microwaves and then beam it down to Earth. Their special power stations would convert the microwave energy into electricity. The plan is still a long way from reality, but the research will continue. One thing that will almost certainly happen sometime here on Earth is that a large meteorite will crash into our planet, causing huge damage and possibly changing our climate. That is what scientists believed happened when the dinosaurs became extinct millions of years ago. Of course, the likelihood of a big asteroid hitting Earth is almost zero, and it could be millions or billions of years before it ever happened. But if we did see a large chunk of rock heading towards Earth, could we do anything about it? The idea of detonating a huge nuclear bomb near the incoming asteroid and then destroying it has been a fantasy for science fiction movies for years, but some scientists are looking into how feasible it would be. The problems include safely launching a huge nuclear bomb into space, also detonating it correctly, and then dealing with any radioactive fallout dropping to Earth. The biggest problem, however, is calculating if it really would work. That we really wouldn't know until we tried, which hopefully we would never need to do. Space travel is hugely expensive, so one of the ways to encourage more space development is to make it profitable. If areas of the moon were sold off to companies that wanted to mine minerals that we think are there, then they could make money from space exploration. However, there was a treaty signed back in 1979 that banned any company or individual owning a part of the moon or any other part of space. But is it time to change that rule? There is very little money that governments have for space research and development these days. And so maybe this private enterprise idea might be the answer to develop new space technology. So should the moon be for everyone, even if we might not ever go there, or should we allow commercial interests to make money from mining mineral deposits there? What do you think?
One of the most exciting telescopes that astronomers are planning to build is actually not one telescope, but thousands of telescopes located on one continent and then linked together to process the combined data. That way, a much bigger picture from a much larger area of space can be studied. No decision has been made yet on where this telescope array would be built, but a bigger task would be processing all the data that this telescope array produces. Just one telescope produces a huge amount of data, so when you link up several thousand and then process data from a much larger area of space, astronomical amounts of data would need to be processed. And at the moment, we simply don't have the computing power to make that happen. So although you might think that a big telescope is the most important part of observing the cosmos, actually, a powerful computer is just as important. There are many things that might behave differently in space, and if man is to go on long space missions, the problem of good tasting food and drink has to be solved. At the moment, the dried space rations that many astronauts eat are not very tasty. But what about alcohol? What would that taste like in zero gravity conditions? Well, a manufacturer of Scotch whisky claims to have sent a small sample of whisky into space. Not as a gift for astronauts or ET, but to see how it reacts to space conditions. Then, in two years' time, it will be retrieved and tasted back here on Earth. It does seem a very strange thing to do, and alcohol in space is hardly a good idea. But the company certainly plans to find out what whisky that has been aged in space really does taste like. But I don't think I will be tasting that. And that's it for the Teen Time Science blog for this week. I'm Neil Chase, and I'll be back again next week with more from the science world. Bye.